0: OJ Howard got paid off, or OJ Howard got drafted off one game, Alabama's national championship against Clemson. That's the only game he did shit in college. Probably the only game he's done shit in his career because he is trash. <laughs> <laughs> now, here comes the part. He's no better bad. than the other OJ. <laughs> oh.
1: You better hope the real OJ doesn't hear that. I mean, Hey guys, it's Terrence Mann. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Nose.
2: Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E-Dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Live, Go Nose.
0: Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and
1: you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose.
2: This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No Bloody
0: but perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. It's great, it's Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that
2: greeting every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, Nose fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day.
0: James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. FSOD for the or Die, and go Nose. William Barnon Floyd, gentlemen, what's up?
2: What's happening, guys? This is Logan from Here the Sphere, presented to you by Noel Game Day. We are here this evening. What is this? What what day is this? Tuesday evening. We are three weeks into this coaching surge for Florida State's next hire as their head football coach, uh, basketball as well, into to. Their season a little bit here. Um, Florida State just came out of a game where they earned bowl eligibility. The new streak has started in Tallahassee. We got quite a bit to talk about. Not going to be a long podcast, kind of going to be free flowing a little bit. Um, hopefully, you guys will enjoy it. And as usual, I've got my two favorite friends on here. I can't say favorite though, because I have some other friends. If I will say my two favorite podcast friends, sorry, Fisher. Uh, Dustin Lewis, our lead writer, and our lead basketball writer, Austin Vizi. What's going on, guys? Good evening. What I a long, you say
0: introduction.
2: Whoa, can y'all, come on, y'all have been podcasting for a couple weeks now. Can we split this off? Dustin, you can talk
0: first or ask politely. <laughs> can I speak?
2: You may speak. Go right ahead.
0: <laughs> that introduction was too damn long.
2: Jeez.
1: And I was going to say, I'm surprised you didn't announce this as your two only friends.
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn. That was a good one, Austin. Mic bump. I give that one to you. Dustin's going to laugh for the rest of the podcast now. <laughs> well, we won't ever be able to tell because his mic cuts out at a certain <laughs> decimal amount.
0: You're too cheap but... to buy me a new one. So until you do,
2: <laughs> don't the worry. Quality
0: don't. Is, this quality is what you deserve.
2: Hey, the coaching hires helping a little bit the site views are doing good we'll be able to send you one no time amazon prime baby don't worry about it we're gonna get dustin new mic i know even his friends have complained about him and his mic (laughs) problem what you got a text from one of your friends saying your mics your mic problem was terrible
0: yeah my friend texted me and he he said yeah dude you should really get a a new mic as soon as you can because it's awful I (laughs) i was like wow at least, I mean, true
1: friends that aren't that are afraid to speak the truth. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was thing. like,
0: I'm, I was actually really happy that that he went ahead and told me that because I would have just continued on with my shitty mic quality because you two assholes, you, know, <laughs> you never tell the truth. We that's say fun.
1: it before every podcast.
2: <laughs> oh man, you know what the funny thing is? That's our only listener that listens to so. us. <laughs> that's why he was the only person to reach out. So that's our only, yeah, that was the only person that listens. So we got to make him at least happy. So we're going to get Dustin a new mic as soon as possible. <laughs> so hopefully for the UF game preview, uh, he'll have a new mic and it'll be grand. And I think Austin is pretty fine. So we'll be all right. I think it's working pretty well. Um, let's see here. So Florida State uh, had, a, had a pretty decent game. What, what are y'all's first thoughts uh, about, that game against Alabama state because shoot, I was in the stands. Dustin didn't even go. He didn't even wake up until like the second <laughs> half of the game. And, yeah. uh, but Florida state, I had to be there, uh, to see it with my own two eyes, uh, to see Florida state take down the Alabama state jackets. What are they? Yellow jackets. Something like hornets, but Hornets, Hornets, Hornets. Same basic thing. Same thing. What's yeah. the difference? Yeah. Same thing. They're insects. Uh, they suck just th- like Georgia tech yellow jackets do. Yep, there we go. Just put them in the same column. Uh, Florida State wins forty nine to twelve. Had a pretty decent crowd there. Odell Higgins goes four and zero. What were y'all's Del. just quick?
0: Sorry, you've the Dell.
2: Sorry, my bad, my bad. Uh, well, what's we'll y'all's quick reactions to uh, that game coming out of it?
0: Yeah, just mainly, I felt like you really didn't get to see. The whole offense, like you normally do, with obviously your workhorse running back Cam Akers sitting out due to an injury, which I mean, honestly, this was probably the perfect game for him to get a break prior to the, the matchup in Gainesville. And, uh, Jesus. Or an ad started playing. <laughs> oh, no. Uh oh.
2: Fisher. Fisher was the one that used to have that. So now it's on Dustin after. Dustin made all fun of Fisher for that happening. It's now hitting him. This is awesome. Great content from here to Spear.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, honestly, not having Akers out there really affected the overall game plan of the offense. You had Laborn, but I mean, it's not the same when Akers has literally carried this unit from the beginning of the season. But it was nice to see some young receivers step up. You had Trayshawn Harrison catch three passes for 94 yards and a long touchdown and he could have had another touchdown, but he fumbled on the on the deep ball. Gabe Neighbors, we talked about him on the podcast that Logan did not post. But what a beast, Gabe Neighbors! Two catches, sixty-eight yards, almost had a touchdown. And uh, yeah, Logan, you didn't post the podcast, but we respect you, Gabe Neighbors. I just sorry,
2: <laughs> sorry about yeah. that. There. There was an error that happened. I will never let that happen again. This is a learning process. This podcast is still in a learning mode, but I'm very sorry about that, but we were going to throw in snippets from last week's podcast, so then you will still get the juice from it, Uh, just not Dustin's ridiculous comments that need to be removed anyways.
0: Yeah, but just talking about the defense really quickly before I let you and Austin finally have the floor, I was not happy with the defense. The the run the run defense was all right, but I thought Alabama State's quarterback was completing a, a lot of passes down the field, like intermediate and long gains, and just the defensive backfield continues to be a travesty with the amount of talent back there. I mean, if if it hadn't already been decided, which I mean it was before the season started, that Arlon Barnett didn't need to be in Tallahassee anymore. It was it was stamped on Saturday with the way that defense played, and just how about Akeem Dent with his twenty seventh dropped interception? I mean, how about it, guys? <laughs> Did you have to pick it because of his jersey number? Oh, honestly, no. They just go hand in hand. I mean, he's he's legit dropped that many balls. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah,
2: that no, that that seems like <laughs> it's right in his hands and immediately drops, no matter what, and you can already expect it to happen. I was watching that live, and I was like, oh, well, the Akeem, you should have, oh, eh,
0: never mind. I mean, I figured out why he why he's a defensive back, because he can't play receiver. And I don't understand that, because, you know, watching
2: practice, the first thing they do in warm-ups is do the same, drop back, hips, hips, go up and catch the ball. I, I, I don't, I understand that they're not wide receivers, but man, I feel like linemen have a better chance at it than some DBs, not only in college football, NFL, they still drop it.
0: I just imagine the the change in narrative. Like, um, think if Akeem Dent right now, he had seven interceptions as a true freshman because he had actually caught the passes. I mean, we'd be talking about how spectacular of a true freshman season he's having for Florida State, but instead we're like, Man, could this guy even catch a freaking ball?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, while he would be in the talk and the contention for the Jim Thorpe Award, definitely coming in as a true freshman.
1: Well, now that I can finally talk, um, I, I wasn't able to watch too much of the game because that'll work for the first half. Um, but yeah, like Dustin said, the defense was pretty disappointing from what I could see. They were just giving up too many yards, too many easy completions, and I know we haven't had the greatest here defensively, but it's Alabama State. We should be able to do whatever we want against them offensively and defensively. But, um, yeah, I, I don't have too many thoughts. It's Alabama State. How many thoughts can you really have? We're bowl eligible, though. But it's fun.
0: Yeah, that's really the only – one of the few good things coming out of this game, I would say, the other being Ian Kalon Laybourne and Treshawn Harrison both getting to the end zone, some young players. Eight. I wish Gabe could have gotten in, though. Yeah, Probably I was Gabe, man. very upset that they didn't just let him run it in, considering yeah, he's yeah. a converted fullback. But, hey, after the game, to his credit, Gabe, God, Gabe he almost said, took uh, it. yeah, he, he really did. I mean, he was down at the half-yard line. But after the game, he said he didn't care about the touchdown. He just wanted to do whatever he needed to do to get the team to win. And that's exactly what he's done throughout his entire career. So, Prop to Gabe.
1: Nah, he cared about that touchdown. You can see it in his face.
0: Oh, definitely, but he's not selfish. That's one thing you can credit him for.
1: The only Jimbo recruit that
0: isn't. I thought, I thought it was a very nice gesture for him to, to mention uh, Deontay Sheffield getting in on the ground. That was one thing he was very happy about. You uh, walk on running back in Sheffield getting in the end zone and he understood that he's he's gotten a chance to score a few times this season, and what that must have meant, uh, Deontay.
2: Yeah, Deontay is a highly liked individual in that program. Um, guys support him a lot. He's actually got some talent too. Um, some of the players will tell you that, also. But very highly liked, and that that whole sideline, any kind of, if he would have made just one yard. That whole sideline was going crazy while I was watching in the stands on Saturday. So a pretty cool moment for him, most certainly. Uh, James Blackman goes for 13-22, and 22, 246 yards and three touchdowns, um, one interception. Jordan Travis actually had a little bit of some throwing, I guess you can say. Some little dink and dunks here and there. Um, but he rushes for 71 yards um if i'm correct or maybe i'm doing oh he rushed for 69 yards my bad 69 <laughs> sorry I, I just put it i was just putting it out there but he also had another one long run uh, he can obviously break some ankles uh and to what y'all have been seen just we only have two games of him this is pretty crazy to think that this guy hasn't been shown uh to play out under kendall Bryles and, and when Willie Taggart was here, but this is only our second game seeing him. But Florida isn't Boston College or Alabama State. Uh, Do you think, you know, utilizing him against this Florida game is going to give them a big advantage uh, next Saturday in Gainesville?
0: I don't want to say a big advantage, but it definitely adds a wrinkle to the offense. And, you know, whenever he comes into the game – he's a threat to, to make a big play at, at any point in time. And, yeah, I mean, I really feel like that's something that Ken O'Brile should utilize in Gainesville, especially it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be extremely hard for Florida State to, to run the ball in normal sets. So I think bringing Travis in, having the, the wild cam a little bit, just the different flavors and creating different looks and create some success.
1: Yeah, and the, uh, the action he's gotten has been against Boston College and Alabama State, who are pretty horrible defenses. And Florida's pretty good on defense. So to say it's going to help a lot, I, th- I think that's a stretch.
2: Any last remarks from this game? I mean, now we can kind of get into the, the coaching uh, topic here. I mean, of course, this is the highlight of anything. I mean, a game is being played um on saturday but really people would rather talk about the coaching situation but odell Hagens goes four and oh now uh and people are going ahead and saying that he should be the next head coach at florida state do you think that is accurate or inaccurate right now or do you think after if Odell Higgins were, and we're just projecting here, if, if Odell Hagens makes this a game and he, some, if if he comes out with an upset in Gainesville, is that whenever you go ahead and say that, yeah, this is one of your top three, if not your top guy to be a candidate, to be hired at at, at Florida state to take over the reins in Tallahassee? Yeah. If he beats Florida,
1: then yeah, he's, he's definitely going to be a top three candidate if he's not already. Um, and I think he should be given that chance even now, considering what he's already done. But yeah, that Florida game is going to tell a lot, whether he's actually a candidate or not.
2: Or Austin, right now, is he a top three candidate right now before heading mm, to Florida?
1: I, I would say no. I feel like this interview this past weekend was almost a courtesy interview just to say, hey, you've been here. We respect you enough to at least interview and make your case. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's a top-three candidate, as we sit right now.
2: I, f- I feel that, too. I feel like on Sunday, this was, uh, like you just said, Austin, courtesy interview. But if he comes away with even like a close game against Florida, and that most certainly with the win, then they sit down with him again and you know kind of go with another round of it. Yeah. Um, and put him up under the top tier of uh, candidacy, and for Florida State.
0: Yeah, I just feel like, you know, if Odell does take this team into Gainesville over a, a nationally ranked Gators team on their senior night, after everything that this program has been through this season, having to fire their head coach mid-season, the struggles we've seen on defense, that a win, a win like that would signify to me that it it wouldn't be the worst decision to to put the program into Odell's hands as the head coach. That would just that would be a monumental victory after everything we've seen and if Bob Stoops hasn't signed on the dotted line and Florida State goes in and upsets the Gators, then I don't see any reason why Odell doesn't deserve a chance. A lot of the other candidates that have been talked about, they just don't really feel realistic at this point, and it's going to take a lot of money to draw them away. So, yeah, I mean that's just my opinion.
2: Does the I'm I'm sure, and this is what a lot of fans would question too. You know, there's a, there's a, like a a big split between Odell Higgins being hired and then him not being hired because of experience um does the thought process or the I don't know the idea of him having a staff that is experienced around him and then also taking more of a CEO role but having a staff assistance around him that are well respected and have the mo- enough money to pay him since Odellis would be a little bit lower than other head coaching candidates that are on the board right now does that kind of I don't know, make it more of a, a realistic chance for Odell being hired. I mean, obviously, he's been at Florida State for so long, but he's been under a defensive line um, role um, for the, the the whole time at, during his staffing at, at Florida State for the majority of it in Tallahassee.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's got to be the plan if you, if you roll with Odell. You've got to surround him with elite assistants and then let him run the program. And, you know, just thinking... If Odell is promoted to head coach, Riles and Clements are gonna are likely going to be retained. Jim Livitt is likely going to be retained as possibly the next defensive coordinator, um, and you have Ron Dugans as well, who is likely to stay in Tallahassee. So basically, it would be Odell's job to revamp the defensive side as the head coach and. I think that's one area he would really be able to to help at, offering more of a leadership role on defense rather than just being the defensive line coach.
1: Yeah, I think if he becomes a candidate, Florida State's viewing him as their Dabo, because Dabo went from wide receivers coach at Clemson straight to head coach. So if if he becomes a coach, that's what they're going to be expecting with Higgins. Um, I don't know if they can actually get that, but... Uh, we'll see, but the CEO role is definitely going to be what has to happen.
0: Yeah, I don't think we're we're expecting you know dabble like results or anything like that. Considering Odell's already fifty two, but I mean, really, it's it's just different because I feel like if if Odell was being considered to be a head coach at a different school would be a little strange. But at Florida State, it's not as strange because he's been here for almost thirty years and he's turned down opportunities in the past to advance his career in lieu of, of the betterment of Florida State. So, if, if it all works out like that, and Florida State can't land Bob Stoops, they can't land one of the other high candidates that they're after right now, then going with Odell isn't the worst choice in the world. And that also allows Kendall Bryles to have complete control of the offense next year, which should... It should limit the clashing that we've seen over the last two years. I really, I really do felt like uh, Willie Taggart clashed with both Walt Bell and Braz a little bit on their philosophies and how they wanted to run things.
2: Yeah, it was <clears throat> a little bit unorganized, a little bit, um, and that's of course not what Willie Taggart had planned for whatsoever. But like you said, Odell Hagan's by far is a um, household name here in Tallahassee, most experienced with the Florida state program coaching wise and uh, knows the ins and outs of everything there. It just depends. I think what a lot of fans are second guessing what, what they want to know is taking a head coaching role and how much that plays a part in how he will deal with the program because there's a lot more than just a position group, a position group a situation that he's in now. Uh, of course, now he's an interim head coach, but as he was as a defensive line coach to go into a head coaching role, there is a lot um, intake with that. But, you know, we, we've heard really good things about Odell Higgins. Obviously, the, the, the team loves him. You've seen a lot of support on social media from f- multiple Knowles and even other, uh, former Knowles. Um, and I think he also has support from even staff that are on the team, uh, with coaching, uh, maybe not a lot, but there's some guys on there that are definitely endorsing him as being the next head coach. But yeah, that was reported by 247 that he had an interview on Sunday. So I thought we'd bring that up and kind of get, see what these two guys thought of it. Um, one thing that happened this week, football wise was, uh, former wide receiver coach, David Kelly. Uh, is is leaving the program. He was wide receiver coach when Willie Willie Tiger came in and during his first year, he was dropped down and he moved to a more of a recruiting uh, coordinator gig. Uh, Ron Dugans, of course, came in from Miami to be the wide receiver coach. But we learned yesterday uh, that from Florida State that David Kelly would be leaving Florida State um, effective immediately. And actually, uh, Mario Edwards would move, or Mario Edwards Sr., would move to an on field coaching uh, gig for the remainder of the season. Odell Hagens is the one that put this in place. So, uh, yeah, what are y'all's first initial thoughts of that? Because that kind of just came out of nowhere a little bit. Obviously, Kelly has close connections with Willie Taggart.
1: The fact we had two wide receiver coaches in the first place was stupid. Um, I don't care that he was in a recruiting role. It's stupid and shouldn't have happened in the first place. And he's, now he's gone. Who cares? I really, It really doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, David Kelly is going to be replaced by Mario Edwards Sr., who has been a defensive analyst in an off-the-field role. Now he'll actually be able to coach on the field and assist with the defensive backs. So really, I, I think this is a move that Florida State, it kind of helps them moving into the game against Florida and into the the bowl game, the final game of the season. Just because they finally have their their 10th on-field assistant, they can have a full coaching staff out there, even if Taggart has been fired at this point. It's still Odell and then 10 other assistants because Leavitt was promoted prior to the the Boston College game. So, yeah, I think it's important to just have a full staff out there and another defensive coach, So. Maybe maybe this somehow helps alleviate some of the problems we've seen in the defensive backfield during games. I I don't know.
2: I know Mario Edwards Sr. is a highly respected uh, coach yeah. too on staff. Very very highly respected. Of course, we know his son with Mario Edwards Jr. Um, he's still with the Saints as we speak, but. Uh, Highly respected guy, not only uh, players wise but staff wise in the program. He's been wa- around for a while, um, and you know it'll be interesting to see if he does play pretty decent role for the rest of the season at that uh, what would we say DB role?
0: Yeah, he'll be helping uh, out with the defensive bags.
2: Yeah. One thing in the NFL, uh, Auden Tate, and we put out a piece just yesterday kind of updating, but Auden Tate went through a scary incident uh, during a game against the Raiders, and it was a neck injury. Uh, He was very still on the ground for a little bit there immediately after the play was over, but he was going for a catch, got hit, and he was injured on the plate during his, during, like I said, the game against the Oakland Raiders on Sunday. Do you have an update on that, Dustin?
0: Yeah, it was it was pretty scary because Tate actually had to be carted off. He was on a spine board, and you know they were making sure he couldn't move just in case he did have a a serious injury to his neck or spine that you know could have compromised his mobility. But he actually flew home with the team on Sunday night from Oakland, and according to head coach Zach Taylor on Monday, Auden Tate was placed in the concussion protocol with a cervical strain, which is basically just either a small tear or a strain to the neck. So it sounds like he avoided a major injury, and he could be back sooner or later for the still winless Cincinnati Bengals.
1: I hope he's back sooner or later. Auden's one of my favorites that's come through the program since the national championship team, and I obviously hate seeing anybody get hurt, but especially a former Noel. So hopefully he's back on the field soon.
0: Yeah, he taught on Terry how to play, actually. That's, that's what I heard. Like he talked him out of play? He taught him how to play. Like he taught him how to be good. Oh. Auden Tate was Tamori on Terry before there was a Tamori on Terry. <laughs> <laughs> if if was got like, a new mic, we
1: would have
2: had to clarify that.
0: Oh, well.
2: <laughs> and now that yeah. shifted
0: to me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Tate, he's really been kind of a, a breakout wide receiver for Cincinnati. You know, A.J. Green hasn't played this season, so. He's just been another step up on the depth chart. He's caught 34 passes for 483 yards and and one touchdown in nine games. Obviously, he'll probably miss some time with his injury, but it'd be pretty encouraging to see him come back during the last couple games and just continue to perform.
2: I was going to say, I really don't need Auden to be playing that well. I'm a Steelers fan. But he's had a great he's had a great start to his uh, finally getting a, a good chance with the Bengals. I think they see a lot of talent with them and now with AJ Green he's been out for the entire season uh, getting play with audentate has been working pretty good for him.
0: yeah he's a beast. <laughs> great commentary. yeah oh, sorry you guys weren't me. saying anything.
2: <laughs> sorry about that my mic was muted. I was having to talk to somebody. But <laughs> anyways, uh, let's see here. So I, I don't want to get to it because Dustin's uh, <sighs> a Pubs fan, and here we go. But I think it's time to just talk a little bit real quick. We'll, we'll just run like two minutes – or three minutes on it. Jameis Winston in Tampa. <sighs> on Great Sunday – He has thrown, in his last five games, 13 interceptions. Uh, Yeah, that's a lot. Just a tiny bit. Uh, He's thrown, he threw four this last weekend. He threw two before that against the Cardinals. He threw five against the Panthers, which was a big highlight there, sadly, for him. But James Winston is 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 kind of having a very hard time in Tampa. Um, and and you actually cover the Bucks a little bit. Are you? Do you still do that or now?
0: Hell no! Ass. <laughs> <Yes. laughs>
2: um, but yeah.
0: Okay, I'm still doing this no game day stuff.
2: Jeez. <laughs> Golly, unbelievable, Dustin. <laughs> Um, but anyways, Fortis, or for, golly, the Saints uh, face against the Bucks, and they took good care of Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston did go 313 yards and two touchdowns, but had a QBR of 57.1. Of course, that four interceptions does not help a lot. He's one of the top leading quarterbacks right now in passing yards in the National Football League. What's going on with Jameis Winston? Is it all his fault, or is it the Bucks
0: organization? Dustin? Yeah, I mean, really, it's a mixture of things, I would say. It's, it's Jameis trying to do too much, which, I mean, we've seen it before at Florida State in, in 2014 when he had to help lead, lead the team to just so many comebacks across that year. Obviously, his, his interception numbers went up because he was trying to make more plays down the field. And just, man, Tampa Bay's offense sucks. I, I don't. They have Florida State's offensive line. Like, their offensive line is garbage. Their play calling is garbage. They ran the ball eight times on Sunday. They ran the ball eight times. They threw the ball 51 times. Where is the balance in that? I mean, eventually the defense just knows a pass is coming every time Tampa Bay walks out there. Of course, they're just going to be sitting back in coverage and prepared for those passes. But yeah, so Tampa Bay's offensive line sucks. They don't run the ball. They can't run the ball if they wanted to. And plus, their receivers are so bad, they're dropping balls into defenders' hands. And, that, and, I mean, that counts as an interception. That actually happened on Sunday, I believe, with O.J. Howard. I think it was O.J. Howard. It was some idiot on, on their team. O.J. Howard. It was O.J. <laughs> yeah. O.J. Howard's done that three times this fucking season, where the <laughs> ball goes off his hand into the defender's hand for a pick. So, I mean, it's just, at that point, how much can you put it on Jameis, but... Let's talk about the bat a little bit, because Jameis has been fortunate. He's thrown four pick sixes this season. That is just, that's ridiculous. <laughs> every every Sunday when I turn on the Bucks, I expect to see a pick six and not in my favor. So, yeah, it's been a rough first year under Bruce Arians. I think there's a lot they could do to be making things easier on Jameis, but he's made things just as hard on himself as well. So, it's everybody's fault. Hey, the man,
1: You took O.J. Howard before Dalvin Cook. I appreciate y'all for that.
2: I was about to say, here comes a Minnesota fan right here that got to have Dalvin Cook.
1: I mean, we got Kirk Cousins, so I'm not going to commentate on the quarterback play, but we got Dalvin, y'all got O.J.
0: Howard, so... O.J. Howard got paid off, or O.J. Howard got drafted off one game, Alabama's National Championship against Clemson. That's the only game he did shit in college. Probably the only game he's done shit in his career because he is trash. <laughs>
2: now here comes the part he's the no better podcast. than the
0: other OJ oh. you better
1: hope the real OJ doesn't hear that <laughs> <laughs> the gloves will come off here comes a part
2: the part so, they're still like going back once he hits the mark it's full sin for the rest of the podcast so if you're just now listening or you've made it to this point I suggest staying up because it's going to be entertaining for the rest yeah <laughs> But yeah, we just had to let Dustin get into it there since he's a Bucks fan. He's covered in his past the Bucs before, and obviously we keep up to date with Jameis a lot. I obviously am a Steelers fan, but I pull for the Bucs mainly because my dad's a Bucks fan and also Jameis is there. Um, we possibly all could be pulling for the Tampa Bay Bucks even more because they could have drafted Jameis, Dalvin Cook, and Derwin James but we're not gonna not gonna talk about that, right? We wouldn't talk about that for another twenty minutes and be pissed off about that, right? And Austin gets his guy with uh, Dalvin Cook. So, and I think Dalvin's doing pretty fine for himself up there.
0: I'm still Minnesota. just, I'm still just looking at these stats. The Bucs mm-hmm. running backs caught seven passes and ran eight total times. Like I just don't understand the <laughs> what the fuck are they doing? I mean, what are they doing
2: <laughs> here? Here we go.
0: <laughs> no, Are we get into basketball before he gets too
2: out of control. Well, Byron Leftwich. Oh, uh, like I don't. What do you have? One sentence to say to Byron Leftwich, Dustin? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a short sentence for a, a student going through writing and
0: communications at Florida State. Hey, short and sweet and to the point. That's all, that's all it needs to be. Bruce Arians he can get the same same response. What's the same response?
2: What's you. the same response? Fuck
0: you.
2: Okay, I just needed that in there. Alright, now we're gonna go into Leonard Hamilton. Sorry, it, oh, yeah, go ahead and say you're sorry, Mom. Go ahead and do it.
0: I apologize to you. Yeah, I uh, I was drawn into this. That's always our fault somehow.
2: Somehow it's me and Austin's fault all the time that you have some dirty language in here.
1: It had to be Fisher's fault too. The Mississippi really brings it yeah. out of Dustin.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and Dustin just sneezed, or he just killed him. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. <laughs> <Ooh>. um, <laughs> never mind. All right, here we go. Full oh, game day after dark. Hey, guys. Real quick, we're going to throw you into a segment uh, we recorded last week. The podcast could not upload. We had technical difficulties there, but we were able to salvage a little bit of some of the snippets from it. This segment in particular is where we talked about the senior class since it was a senior game heading into the Alabama State game this last Saturday. I think you guys will enjoy this segment. We're going to throw that into, into there now. You might have some laughs and some giggles. Enjoy. On Saturday, Florida State is going to be recognizing their seniors. This is their last home game of the season. Uh, Some highlighted names here is Ricky Aguayo. That will be it for the Aguayo's
0: uh, Aguayo run. It's for me.
2: (laughs) Why is that a highlight for you, Dustin?
0: Because he kills turtles.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There's that the plastic No, it' not. Miss field goals.
0: <laughs> I don't know, dude. I think the turtle thing might be worse.
1: The turtle thing's definitely worse. Yeah, I think
2: that's <laughs> that's very something to keep. His
1: footballs Dustin. don't kill people, but he kills turtles.
0: I don't know. With some of the ducks he's hit this season, he might have killed someone in the crowd. Damn,
2: <laughs> that was pretty funny, there, Dustin.
0: Thanks, man. I try. I write all this I- shit down.
2: I know. Uh, let's name another one. Let's just go in like kind of a trend here. Keith Gavin. First initial thoughts saying goodbye to Keith Gavin. Laquan Treadwell with less blocking.
0: And I told you, I respect Keith. I, I can't do it to him. He's local a local uh, product. Here, yeah. local, local product. All right. He gets my respect. But dude can't mm. catch a fucking football.
2: <laughs> Got, that turned quick. If he quick. could,
0: if he could put on about eighty pounds and move to left tackle, bro, there's some potential there. He lays people out.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he, he's a big boy. He's been big since high school. He showed out here, that's for sure. With McCullough, he had Franks too.
0: He should have just been Lee tied back. in from the start. He's got that country blood, that McCullough blood. I don't mm-hmm. like those people. I like Keith. I don't. Yeah, You're really putting yourself
2: out there tonight, Dustin. Wakulla <laughs> really
0: always beat our ass in high school. Uh,
2: yeah, Wakulla was tough. Yeah, they had their years early on.
1: Gavin had one highlight his entire career at Florida State, and he didn't even know if he wanted to do, it, and that was the kickoff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Seems all mentally for him. The physical. You got that? crazy. that's uh, crazy. Next one, Dontavious Jackson.
1: Bye. Oh, well.
2: <laughs> Next.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, He's just like a he's like a shadow in the middle. I mean, you just never know he's there. Like, we we won't know he's leaving and we won't know if he's still here or not. Okay. <laughs> um,
2: Levante Taylor has gone after this this is his last home game for Florida State.
1: Well, I guess I can't be a fan now, so I won't be a fan later.
2: <laughs> Good one. I like that one.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, Levante's pretty much playing on crutches at this point. I mean, he's gotten beaten up ever since last year. I feel like he's just been so so plagued with injuries. But yeah, yeah he, was
1: he was solid was his solid. first season, or first
0: two seasons, I and mean, then yeah. like,
1: last season he was banged up, and you could tell he was banged up. And this year he's been on and off the field, whether it's been injury-related or fallen out of grace with the coaching staff. Who knows? But, yeah, those, those first two seasons were solid, and these last two seasons, you just you haven't seen them much.
0: Yeah, another five-star not panning out at Florida State.
2: Adonis Thomas and Josh Brown. I think Josh
1: Brown's dad's more famous than Josh Brown is at this well, point. he doesn't
0: listen to this podcast.
1: <sighs> and then Adonis Thomas, Thomas why would he even come here? I don't know
0: like
2: he couldn't handle. Obviously, it's he had to leave Saban, or he he couldn't be physical enough. So he came down to Florida State, and that really shows how much his program has changed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that shows you right there firsthand. Florida State, you can come over to Florida State, and you want to be uh, chewed out as much as Saban will do to you to actually hit somebody.
0: I hope Adonis Thomas gets his degree. He's gonna need it.
2: <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go through here let's go maybe we're heading up po- more positive here uh Kyle Myers really hasn't had a, a crazy consistent plan of playing time at Florida State but he's had some flashes but he's always been a small cat out there on the field he's, he's not that big
1: I haven't heard that name in years he's still here
2: mm-hmm.
1: I had no idea I'm being yeah. 100% honest
0: <laughs> the only yes. thing I remember about Kyle Myers is he randomly got two sacks against Boise State, and then I've never, oh yeah, heard of him since. Yeah.
2: Against Boise State.
0: Yeah, dude, he got two sacks against Boise State, and then he never, and then I never really heard his name again all season. Like it's just so weird. I think in Becker.
2: Y'all aren't thinking Becker. So, are I'm, I'm
0: going to be <laughs> honest at, at this point. Oh look.
2: I think you might be thinking, Carlos, I think you're thinking Becker, 15.
0: At this point, it's possible. I mean, (laughs) they both are kind of the same player to me. Two Uh, two reserve defensive backs.
1: It had to be be Becker because
0: Myers has two sacks
2: for his career. Are you sure they weren't against
0: Boise State? Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) That
2: really does show you from what we said earlier, Dustin Lewis doesn't cover Florida State football.
0: Oh, no, that just shows that Florida State's backup players are non existent.
2: Uh let's go to Gabe Neighbors, which I think is one that it's uh, up to Love Gabe Neighbors.
0: At. How could you
1: not love Gabe Neighbors?
2: He's he the gets best. the clap. Yep. He gets, he gets
1: the clap or he's, well, he gets not, clap. Not if that. he doesn't get the loudest cheer Saturday I'm gonna be disappointed in all the fans.
2: Yeah. That should be it. Well you're <laughs> What well, you're saying. Uh, a lot of these other ones aren't going to get louder cheers than Gabe Neighbors. Ricky
1: like, might get cheered just because he's finally gone.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but other than that,
2: yeah, she,
1: Neighbors will be the loudest happy cheers.
2: Yeah, the true, true happiness in the cheers.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Gabe Neighbors is a true Seminole, right? He pretty much played his whole career as a reserve backup. Switch full positions back. from – yeah, that's what I'm saying. But he was a reserve, like, backup his whole career. switch positions from fullback to tight end. Catches a couple touchdowns this year to help out Florida State. And, yeah,
2: I mean he's – their, He's their best tight for end. A guy,
0: yeah, for a guy that wasn't a star. Like, he did all the dirty work, and whenever he was asked to produce, he did. So, yeah props yeah. to Gabe neighbor. Be,
2: be interested to see what where he can go. He, he might fit into some practice squad. There will be something interesting to keep an eye on. Uh, Moving into after the season and stuff, Uh, but yeah, I'm very high. I'm I'm close with Gabe and I wish him the best. And uh, it's crazy how time flies. Time is it's insane how much time flies. Uh, But yeah, that's pretty much the highlight of that that senior class. There really, really interesting (laughs) one.
1: Yeah, I think I saw online that. Ten of that original class had transferred away or dismantled. Yeah, a lot of it's been dismantled.
2: Unbelievable. It's a lot, a lot of it's it. been dismantled. Yep, here it is. Florida State basketball. Let's get into some like some fun stuff to talk about with Leonard Hamilton. His Twitter is doing great right now. Killing it. Other than that uh y'all tell me about their their last game which was scary I wasn't able to watch it but I was trying to watch on my phone and also get alerts on my phone and y'all were blowing up crew on our, and our no getting their group chat telling me about oh my god they might lose this game against a smaller opponent what happened during that game and should FSU fans be worried or not?
1: Western Carolina just came out the gates smoking hot from three I think at halftime they were 7 of 14 from downtown and It doesn't matter who you're playing. If they're shooting that well, you have a very good chance of losing. In the second half, they calmed down, and Florida State fought fought themselves back in it. MJ Walker was fantastic the second half. We've been waiting for that that from him since he was a freshman, Um, and he was the reason we won the game. He hit a step-back mid-range jump shot early in the second half, and then it was nonstop from there. He was hitting pull-up threes, free-throw line jumpers. He was doing everything he could to will that team to a win. And then Patrick Williams, down the stretch, scored nine of Florida State's last 11 points, including a putback off of a Trent Forrest sort of layup attempt. And that gave Florida State the lead, and they didn't look back. Um, I don't think Florida State fans should be too concerned. There was a couple times Western Carolina was definitely left way, way, way too open from three, as good as they are. And we'll talk about it more later, but the team coming up's just as good shooting as they as Western Carolina was. So I I'm, I'm, wouldn't be too worried, but adjustments definitely need to be made for this next game.
0: Yeah, I didn't get to watch most of it, but apparently I, I tuned in at the right time. I think I started watching it with about four or five minutes remaining, and that was right around when, when Patrick Williams just took over for Florida State and put FSU into the lead. And one thing I really noticed that I like out of Patrick is Western Carolina missed a shot, Um, down one and needed to foul and uh, Williams grabbed the rebound he had the opportunity to swing it over to Forrest or Vassell for them to be able to shoot the ensuing free throws but instead he held the ball got fouled went to line knocked them both down cool as ice so that was really cool to see out of the true freshman
1: yeah and he's got that confidence from the free throw line he's still perfect from the season nine for nine from the free throw line so obviously he's Right now, he, you could argue he's our best free throw shooter. Trent's doing great as well, and MJ Walker's above 80% too, so any of those options would have been great, but uh, yeah, it was great to see him say, no, this is my ball, I'm going to take these free throws and make sure we win this game, and he delivered. He's very calm, cool, and collected. He's not too high, he's not too low, and it, it was great to see him ball out like he did. He really showed why he's a five-star.
0: Yeah, and uh, free throw shooting is one thing that we've kind of talked about earlier in the season that. Florida State has taken a really big step forward at, I mean, you look at the game, Florida State knocked down just 25 field goals. to so Western Carolina's 27. The Seminoles went just six of 20 from three. Western Car- Carolina went nine of 23 from downtown. But then you get over to the free throws. Florida State, 23 out of 28 from the line, 82%. And I mean, this is really the third straight game that we have seen the Seminoles knock down their free throws at an extremely high rate. Yeah,
1: they're at 81.8% for the season, which is good to be top 10 nationally. I don't think there's any way it stays that high throughout the entire course of the season, but if it does, it's going to be really hard to beat Florida State in conference play and in tournament play, because as long as they keep getting in the line and keep getting those fouls, if they're knocking them down at an 82% clip, that's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. And yeah, another another big key we talked about on the podcast Logan didn't post was uh, fouling, and just taking a quick look at this game, once again, Florida State just only had one player finish with four fouls. This time it was Trent Forrest, and they really did a great job of defending without fouling and putting Western Carolina to the line. Coming in this game, what was it, Austin? I think Western Carolina was top ten in free throw attempts or something yes, like that.
1: Yes, something like that. I can load up my article from last week real quick.
0: Yeah. Um, there we go. They were a team that drew a lot of fouls, and in this one they shot just 14 free throws on 18 total fouls for FSU. The Biggs did a really good job of staying out of foul trouble. Raquan Gray just one foul. Malik Osborne two fouls. Then he got balls to three fouls in 10 minutes. But,
1: you know. yeah, and Raquan Gray did get hurt in that game. Um, we're hearing it's a sprained ankle, but he should be good to go against Chattanooga.
0: And I'm
1: reading the article now. I do not
0: like that. So that's the second Florida State big now banged up. Obviously, you've got Nick Zag still dealing with his calf issue. He played just four minutes on Friday night, had 2,004 minutes. So he's clearly still not quite healthy. And then, yeah, I mean, if, if Raekwon is a little hampered by this, that definitely affects Florida State's bigs. That just throws Balsa into an even bigger role. How
2: are you guys feeling about this upcoming game uh, against Chattanooga? Feeling yeah. good against those mocks?
1: Chattanooga is another great three-point shooting team. Um, they're shooting, I think it's 37% on the season, which is pretty yeah. solid. Um, it's going to be top 100 nationally, I believe. If it's not top 100, it's very close to it. Anytime you can go above 36%, that's going to be good, especially in college basketball. Um, it's going to be a very similar game to Western Carolina. I really think it is. Um, Western Carolina is a bit better inside the arc. Chattanooga is horrible shooting two point <laughs> shots. They're shooting like, yeah, 43% from inside the arc, which is 310th in the country. Um, so obviously, it's another key is going to be running them off the line making sure they're not shooting three-point jumpers. They attempt something like 25 a game. Um, So, yeah, making sure they're running off the line and forcing contested looks at the rim is going to be vital to avoid another Western Carolina-type game.
0: Yeah, and once again, this is another mid-major team where a lot of their depth is at the very top. They run a very short rotation. You have five guys playing 24 or more minutes for Chattanooga. Just two double-digit scores and upperclassmen Matt Ryan and David John Bap- East. I don't know. They both averaged 16.8 points per game. Both both high-scoring guards for the Mocs. So, yeah, like you said, Austin, this is just it's a very similar matchup for Florida State. Um, I think they'll come out more prepared than they looked on Friday. And plus, you know, I don't think Chattanooga will be on fire. Like Western Carolina was,
1: and to your point about leading scores, if you recognize the Matt Ryan name, he started his career at Notre Dame, spent two years there, and four career games against us. Only two of them, he played more than three minutes, um, and he scored like nine and a half points. He only had, I think, one rebound through both games and had two assists. So for a six-eight forward to have one rebound in two games, it's uh, kind of eye-opening. Pretty surprising. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a very similar game. Both Chattanooga and Western Carolina in the Southern Conference, so they're familiar with each other. Um, yeah, it's going to be a very similar type game, but I think Florida State will be more prepared, like you said, and I don't think Chattanooga is going to come out shooting 50% from three in the first half.
0: Yeah, Chattanooga, very solid mid-major team, three and one to this point, but obviously they haven't played a marquee opponent like Florida State has in Florida, which I guess that's not a marquee. They're not a marquee opponent anymore since they've completely dropped out of the top 25 following a loss to UConn. But yeah, recent recently Chattanooga beat Troy on the road 74-68, and then on Friday night they defeated Southern Alabama, South Alabama, at home 90 to 72. So you really their one, their one
1: loss is to uh, Eastern Kentucky by Kentucky. score of 11. So
0: on the road. So, yeah, this is really a game you'd love to see Florida State handle and win between 15 and 20 points or so.
2: Y'all give me an update on the two boys from the Clippers, man. They've been all over social media, of course, <laughs> yesterday.
1: Terrence's shorts, oh my god.
2: Yeah, those are those are pretty fire. We post that on our Instagram account, at uh, Null Game Day. Give me all those updates on Terrence Mann and Gelly, because we actually had Terrence Mann on our podcast a little while back. I'm going to tell you all for the 20,000th time, but you guys should most certainly go listen to that. We had him on before he got drafted to the Clippers, but Terrence Mann was awesome. Obviously, Austin is very close with him during his time with Florida State also, but um, these two got drafted by the Clippers and I think are going to have uh, – they're starting off their career pretty nicely. Terrence Mann has maybe an edge on Gelly right now, but – you know, Right now, these these two are getting some playing time, which is great to see.
1: Yeah, as we were wrapping up our last podcast that you didn't post, uh, Terrence Mann had started his first Jesus. career game, and he has started every game since. They've had an injury to Landry Shamit, which has allowed Terrence to start, and he's played well. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I think the other day he had something like nine points, eight assists, and six rebounds, or something like that. Um, just typical stat lines you're used to from Terrence Mann. Uh, Just filling the box score and doing what he does. And Kevin Gale is mostly getting garbage time play right now as he develops. He's still a very raw player, even though he's selected in the first round. And the Clippers have a lot of big men available on their roster between Ivica Zubac, Jermichael Green, uh, Montrezl Harrell, Patrick Patterson. So they've got bigs. They don't need Fiondu right now. They're going to let him develop. Um, But what he's been in, he looked great. I think the other night he had 10 points in like two minutes, which is stupid. Um hopefully, as the season progresses, he'll be able to get some more playing time and be able to progress a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I mean, you've really got to love how both of their NBA careers have started in Los Angeles, especially together. I mean, I, I can't even imagine how, how fun that must be going from playing with, each other, playing with each other at Florida State to now in Los Angeles on a team that's favored to win the NBA title probably. And once again, I mean, you're still teammates. So I can't imagine just how parents and Fee feel about that. I saw their interview the other day. And I mean, the chemistry is is, is full go right now between those two, like like it's always been.
1: And they're with another former Nolan, Sam Cassell, who's the yeah. assistant coach over there. Um, and they're playing at Staples Center where they played in college. We played in the NCAA tournament there for the Sweet 16 and Elite 8 in 2018. So it's a booting there. At least somewhat familiar with, um, yeah. I can only imagine how much fun they're having out there, though.
0: Yeah, but Terrence is he started the the last three games, like you noted, Austin. Best performance so far was in the Clippers blowout win against Atlanta. Terrence had 13 points, eight rebound or eight assists, sorry, and six rebounds in 33 minutes, 75% shooting from the floor, and that was also a game where Terrence was plus 41. Which, if you're not familiar with plus-minus, that means when Terrence Mann was on the floor, the Clippers outscored Atlanta by 41 points. That is, that's insane.
2: So I'm going to go ahead and introduce a new little quick, quick fun segment at the end of every podcast. These guys have no clue what this is whatsoever. There's going to be two little quick segments here. This is going to be a trivia for FSU athletics here. They have no idea what this is, but I've been planning this, <laughs> wow,
0: been planning nice.
2: this for a little while, Done. but we're getting trivia. creative with it. Everybody is enjoying the podcast, so I thought we'd spice up a little bit more since football season is kind of going away, but we thought we'd bring in a new segment here. But this one is just going to be an FSU trivia, and we're going to see how well these guys know their, their history of Florida State, even though we're <laughs> younger. We should know some of these. I can't wait for but, both of us to get this wrong. Yeah, I wait, we're, great. we're starting off pretty pretty simple here maybe um so we should know this all right here we go which Seminole defender outscored fsu's first four opponents in the 1993 national championship season which Seminole defender outscored fsu's first four opponents in the 1993 national championship season um, uh, a big-time defender for Florida State.
1: The only name that comes to mind is Derek Brooks.
0: Uh,
2: You're not looking bro, this up, are you?
0: I'm trying to think of people that played in 1993.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was only four years before I was born.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's a am younger than all of y'all, just to let y'all know and let the listeners know. I shouldn't know this.
0: Uh, is it someone that's been on our podcast before? Yes. All right, Terrell Buckley and Derek
2: Brooks. Austin let's gets the win for first time. Ah,
1: the let's go trivia.
2: Man, wow! Uh, any any interview? Any things to say, Austin?
1: <laughs> um, Dustin, you suck. I don't know. <laughs>
2: All right, that is to, it. to
1: learn more for next time. And uh, I, will
0: I take think we still have more questions, or, or is that <laughs> the only that, that, one? That's it. There's
2: only one question oh. every week. So oh. go. I'm going to start going. I had to do this just because Dustin's, I think, beating all of us and the score predictions for the. He's game. only got me
1: about one game. By I know. Game.
2: And I let him get me because Fisher screwed me. That friggin' Mississippi State scum. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, Mississippi, for being chill. Lo- I love you, Fisher. He knows I love him. He knows. Anyways, uh, now the last one here, I'm just going to give you all a fun fact of the day. Just make it fun here since it's bi-week. We might continue this, but uh, here's your fun fact of the day, everybody. Babies are born with no bacteria in their bodies.
1: Why did we need to know that?
0: Why is that a fun fact?
2: That wasn't fun at all. Babies are born with no bacteria in their bodies.
1: It's not going to make it better if you say it twice.
2: can't repeat it. Okay, i was just letting y'all know. Thanks. I didn't care any, the first time. Any, I care even less the second time. Well, any any thoughts?
1: Yeah, I wish you didn't say it.
0: I think babies are dumb. <laughs> okay, see
2: that right there is why we will continue this because Dustin brings in the creative content. That's very <laughs> that was <crazy>. the creative. <laughs> No one's going to say that. No one's going to say that. <laughs> anyway. I was thinking it. I just wasn't going to say. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. We need to move on from this. Uh, we were going to go 30 minutes, but we went 40, at least 48 minutes, and I'm still hungry, and I'm going to go ahead and eat dinner at 1045. Y'all feel bad for me or now?
1: Nope. You did this to yourself.
2: Okay. Perfect. Dustin. Austin, awesome. thank you guys for coming on here. Thank you, for guys, as always, for listening to Hear the Spear, presented by Noel Game Day. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, and we're on YouTube. Also, for you video freaks that listen to podcasts on there, y'all are crazy and nuts. Y'all just see the same screen for like 30 minutes. I don't know how y'all do it, but if you're on YouTube, subscribe over there. Um, we got some. We got another platform that we're thinking about going to soon. Uh, most likely in 2020 that I think you guys will be very interested in. And we actually might be recording these podcasts on over there live, maybe with webcams and everything. So I think you guys will be highly interested in that. Look out for that announcement. Hopefully soon we will have our preview for the FSE versus UF preview on, or our podcast, uh, hopefully or, uh, earlier next week. Uh, hopefully we'll have a guest on too. I know one that is confirmed that he'll be on, but hopefully we can have a few more. So look out for that podcast. We're on Twitter at HearTheSpear. That is our official Twitter account. If you're following us, Null Game Day, and you want live coverage of the coaching updates, we're at TheNullGameDay. Um, if you're on iTunes, feel free to rate us five stars. It always helps a lot. Leave a review. Um, but I think that's going to do it. Enjoy the bye week. Uh, bye weeks usually suck, but uh, a lot of coaching stuff is happening. We'll try to keep you guys updated as much as we can over at www.nogameday.com. Thank you guys for listening. Hope y'all have a great rest of y'all's week and we will talk to you guys next week on here the sphere.